Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey everybody, welcome to Full Count Chaos. Hope everybody got out of the house this weekend. Last weekend in March, right before baseball season, Friday, what, it hit 80 degrees? Almost. Almost turned on the air conditioning. Got the uh, central air unit ready to go. But that Friday, that 80 degrees, and then Saturday, got up to like 70. Beautiful weekend. And it just gets you thinking. Got baseball. Summer on the mind. I'm loving it. But it feels like it's been forever. I get it that we had a season in 2020, but it just didn't exactly get that itch. You know what I mean? Of course. I was thrilled to have baseball in 2020, especially when I didn't even think it was going to happen. But it just didn't feel right for obvious reasons. It just didn't get get rid of that itch. But now we've got a full season. I am so excited. I may vomit. And we're all looking forward to it. Hot damn. You can hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Say it every week. Twitter at fullcountchaos. Had an email come in. Want to get to that? Got a lot to go over today. Um, Obviously, there's some conversations pertaining to the roster and pitching and just a lot of shit that it's a it's a fun time to talk baseball especially when it's right around the corner and uh hey are you gonna call out of work do you do you just basically april 1st is that a holiday to you if you're working if you got plans you know you, you tell the wife or you tell the husband whatever look you take the kids take them to the park here you just hand them your wallet Taking them to whatever park you want. The house is mine. You know, <laughs> just make it a day. Opening day. Let's go. So, I uh, and again, I apologize. Last week, I was out of town. Uh, didn't have an episode. But the week before the latest episode, I had a gentleman write in. He was talking about how he's a, he's a diehard baseball Orioles fan. But he wants nothing to do with spring training. And he was actually... Kind of concerned. Hey, does that make me a fair weather fan? I said, no, of course not. You know, unless you tell me that you only watch and and go to oil games when they're good. Yeah, of course. And I'd say, all right, well, something's up there. But people I personally know and speak to on a weekly basis who tune into the show, and I appreciate their support. They, you know, reach out to me after hearing that email about the Orioles fan that wanted nothing to do with spring training. And I was kind of wondering, you know, is he in the minority? Am I in the minority? You know, I I, I really dig spring training. I, I look at my phone every chance I get. You know, I, I don't stay home. I don't tell my wife I have shit to do. I can't go see whatever friend she wants to go out with and, and have some mimosas. I don't I don't say I can't because there's a spring training game on, but but I dig it. But it was, it was pretty interesting because most of the people – that reached out to me this past week who said, you know, hey, Nate, I I heard that email. I feel the same way. Every person, and these are people that I personally know who are big boy fans with the Orioles. I mean, travel all over the country. Uh, A couple years ago, a few of them went to L.A. to watch them play. Uh, The Orioles, talking about, obviously, huge Oriole fans. uh, Some of them go to like 40 games a season. Most of them said they couldn't give two shits about spring training baseball. 
but they love baseball and they love the Orioles. So I'm wondering, am I in the minority? Some of them said, look, you know, anyone, if you have a show, podcast, if you're a writer, if you have a website that you, you blog about the Orioles, those are the people that give a shit about spring training baseball. I don't know. Got me thinking. I don't know if that's exactly true. But again, maybe I'm in the minority and you are too. If, if you're tuned in right now and you love, well, not love, but you follow spring training. Like when it comes on Masson, came on Masson the other day. And the friends that reached out over the week said, no, we, we didn't watch it because I wanted to talk to him about the game. Some interesting highlights came up, and they're like, no, what are you talking about? Didn't watch spring training baseball. So it just surprised me. I didn't, you know, you think you know somebody your whole life, and then they dump this on you. I just always talked about spring training baseball around other baseball fans, and now I'm starting to realize, oh, I'm sorry, I'm inconveniencing you with shit that you don't want to hear. So that was something I learned (laughs) this past week. A lot of baseball fans, close friends of mine. All right, man, we haven't told you in years, but when you talk spring training baseball, we can't wait for you to leave the room. (laughs) Ah, well. All right, a lot to get to. I always love hearing from you guys. I've always said it, even if it, whatever's on your mind, even if it has nothing to do with sports, always want to hear from you. Uh, Especially, um, as you know, every week I try to give you guys some advice on shit to watch out there, whether it's a movie, TV show. Uh, One I watched this past week, I think you guys will enjoy. It's called The Last Blockbuster. It's a uh, documentary on Netflix about the last blockbuster in the country. It's in Bend, Oregon. It's just nostalgic, you know? It's like the younger kids, they can see what their parents had to go through back in the day to rent a movie. You actually had to get in the car, get dressed, and it was it was an event. It was part of the date. When my wife and I first started dating, that was it. It's like I knew part of the night was getting in the car, driving to the movie store, finding a movie. By the time you got home, you know, two hours have gone by. I forgot. They really did shit all over those mom-and-pop video stores on the corner. They were the ones that always had the uh, X-rated video room in the back that always had about a three-inch gap between the curtains so you would try to do your best to grab an eye full of nipple <laughs> from a box cover if it was possible. You'd be leaving the store, you tell your friend, I think I saw something. And it was so disappointing because, you know, <laughs> back in the day, if you, want, if, if you wanted to see some porn growing up, it was a struggle. You know, kids don't know how well they have it. And I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole talking about free porn. But, I mean, back in the day, before you could just turn on your phone and there it is, you know, for your friends, you'd have to go down in the basement, pull up the whiteboard, <laughs> start talking about, all right, when you go in aisle two, you're going to pretend you have a seizure. Bill, Jim, you're going to run down aisle one. You're going to grab the magazines. You, you're going to go to aisle four. You know, you had a whole plan because it was a struggle, man. <laughs> growing up 10 12 years old if you wanted to see some porn you had to figure something out because it wasn't as easy as it is now so anyway not to try to bring it over to uh, uh x-rated shit my point was it was a great documentary very interesting i'm sure a lot of you remember going to the movie store it was a f- it was fun i miss it i i miss it now i know it's very convenient but it, w- it was just part of the night you know anyway check it out i think you'll like it all right opening day april 1st are you taking off of work 
Do you are you heading to Boston? I want to hear from some of you. If you guys are actually headed out to Boston, getting some tickets out there at Fenway. I mention that to people sometimes. Hey, you ever been uh, to Boston? Hell no, Nate. Hell no. Can't be around those Red Sox fans. It's brutal. Be around them for four hours. Get in the car. We're going to the bar. I well, <laughs> I sh- probably shouldn't make fun of a, uh, the Boston accent. Baltimore accents isn't exactly a panty dropper, so probably should back off on making fun of somebody's accent. But everybody that I've uh, talked to who've been to both Fenway and Yankee Stadium, they all say, by a long shot, not even close, that Yankee fans are so much more obnoxious than Red Sox fans. Everybody. Everybody. I've, I've Anybody that I know, and, and shit that I, people that I don't know that I've read about or heard, whatever, say the same thing. Who've been to both stadiums? They just the 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 experience at Yankee Stadium. Those fans are just so fucking obnoxious. Some of them had to leave, not because they were getting heckled. They just were like, "This is I, I just they're they're killing the spirit. They're killing the mood. Got to get out of here." <laughs> so, thought that was interesting. Uh, by the way, uh, congrats, JJ Hardy, Mike Devereaux, Joe Angel, Orioles Baseball Hall of Fame. Well deserved. I think it was funny. I read in the Baltimore Sun that uh, when JJ heard JJ Hardy. Heard that uh, he was in the uh, Orioles Baseball Hall of Fame. He went on YouTube. He said to check out his highlights to try and figure out why he was voted in. He actually had to go back and be like, all right, I got to check out some of these plays over the years, see what everybody's talking about. And uh, when he was asked, he said his favorite moment as an Oriole was the 2014 postseason run. He said when he scored the go-ahead run against the Detroit Tigers on Delman Young's bases clearing double, he said... At least a couple times a week, he has friends and family send him that clip. He's not on social media, but he says when it circulates on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, uh, they send it to him. And he says that was by far the loudest he's ever heard any stadium get. So J.J. Hardy said, um, I'm sure if, if you grabbed up somebody's phone who's a huge Orioles fan and you go in their YouTube history damn right you're going to see the Delman Young basic clearing double. If you type in Delman, it's going to finish and just say Young's bases clearing double. I think we all have that in our phone. I I still watch it at least maybe once a week, sometimes even more. You know, if I'm having a bad day, just pull that up. <laughs> uh, one of the first games with my dad, Mike Devereaux, hit a walk-off. So that, that was exciting. I always remember that. So, yeah, congrats. That's really cool. Looking forward to that. And you know what else I look forward to? Is getting involved with BetOnline. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Because NBA is in full swing. College basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is here. And so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest. As BetOnline is the spot for all your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We got one more here, ebay.com slash sneakers. I hear so much good shit about this. Listen to this. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. You can buy, you can sell, and it's free to sell sneakers, $100 plus on eBay. 
Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and is customized with the sneaker's details. And thanks to eBay's authenticity guarantee, verified returns make the whole transaction worry-free. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for, well, more sneakers. eBay.com slash sneakers. Yeah, so uh, since I've done the show, I was off last week. Felix, the injury, that might be it for him. Not saying he's done this year, but he's coming to the end, it seems. You know, he was only maxing out at 86 miles per hour March 16th, and it's tough watching someone's career come to an end when you've watched him in his prime. Now, some people may say, no, come on, man. He's, he's just got a little elbow, elbow soreness. He'll be all right. I don't know. You know, we've all seen the big stars in their prime over the years. This is, this is how it happens. You know, and, and I hate it because not only, you know, you never want to see someone just start hitting rock bottom, but it, it makes me feel old. You know, I, I it reminds, <laughs> there's a, a video clip I watched, and I, I'm talking about music here. G- gives me an example of the lead singer Motley Crue. Sounding awful. I mean, I, you know, a lot of you may be too young. Look, I even when they were in their prime, I was too young, but I did wind up liking Motley Crue. And I watched, there was a video that was circulating of Vince Neal singing live like a year or two ago. Oh, my God. He's like 100 pounds overweight. Just sounds absolute like dog shit. And it just makes you feel sad and old. Because, look, it happens to everybody. It's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to you. It just happens. But it's sad, especially a guy like Felix. The kind of career he has, you know, you you just don't want it to come to an end, and 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 you feel bad because you, you know that they know that everybody knows. It's just the way it works. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully we do see him come back. Uh, John Means, of course, was announced he will be opening day pitcher. Uh, means I'm a little concerned. Maybe I'm just <laughs> feeling negative right now. But ever since his velocity went up. It seems to have messed with his changeup. Like his changeup, it doesn't seem to be able to uh, keep it down like he did his all-star year a couple years ago. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I mean, look, of course, that's fa- if he can keep his changeup like it used to be and bring 96 on the clock, dude's going to fucking tear it up. Spring training numbers. One, uh, what do you have? Uh, 1,370 whip, 587 ERA, 15 in- innings pitched with 11 Ks. Five walks, one home run. Love to see those 11 strikeouts in 15 innings. So hopefully hopefully he's going to tear some shit up in Fenway and he's going to continue to pitch well for the Orioles. Now, Tuesday, I was able to turn on the TV, thank God, to watch Dem O's play. I got to watch Valdez pitch. Looked really good. I love how he keeps the batters off balance and he always just has this look on his face. Like when he strikes out the pitcher, he's like, yep, yeah, yeah, I could, I could have called that. It's almost like he could tell the batter what pitch is coming and he'll still strike him out. Now, when you pitch like that, every, you know, you have to be perfect with every pitch. And I know that sounds silly knowing, of course, every pitcher has to do that. But when you're throwing 73 miles per hour, you better hit your spot. But he does a great job keeping those pitches down, keeping the batters off balance. Some of them looked absolutely silly. 
trying to hit that 75 ball, just drop it off the table. That day he pitched, and I watched him uh, the other day, three innings, three strikeouts, no walks, one earned run, three hits. So far, a total of five innings pitched in spring training with eight strikeouts. That's great. Might be seeing him close out some games. Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it at all. Also that day, Trey Mancini went opposite field. That was awesome to see. Most likely, I'm, I'm assuming Trey's going to be uh, playing the majority at first base. It's strange that we haven't heard a definite reply on who's at first, but I think we have a good idea. Also that day, got to see Adley smash a double to right field. And then later that inning, a slide at home. Oh, it kind of made me wince. That was very concerning. Slides feet first in the catcher, and, and Adley just kind of sat there for a second like, fuck, what did I just do? I'm sitting there going, I hope he, all he did was shit his pants because he had a look like, uh-oh. But I'm telling you, every time that dude comes up to bat, talking about Adley Rushman, it's like watching the heavens open with an angel dropping in the batter's box. Twitter lights up whenever he gets a hit or makes a play. My phone lights up. Text, missed calls. It's like, what did Adley do? Did you see him? Did you see what happened? He got on base. How did he get on base? He walked. All right, man, this is this is why you blew my phone up six calls in a row that I didn't see. You wanted to tell me that Adley walked? <laughs> this guy, man, all eyes on Adley. Then Wednesday night, got to see Dean Kramer pitch. Uh, his curveball was hanging up there for a while. It, it was getting hit hard, uh, thankfully, into somebody's glove. But uh, just another guy that I'm excited to, to, to continue to watch. So we're going to get more into the roster of what we're probably going to see coming up here, Orioles baseball. I mean, are you looking at the roster from what it seems like it's going to be this year? And are you going, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, this is going to be a long year. But I love my Orioles, so I'm going to cheer him on. Just try to keep the uh, the attitude positive. All right, uh, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Got an email from Kevin. He says he's getting excited with the announcement of 11,000 fans. Says, as a 29-game holder, I will definitely be attending opening day, and I cannot wait. He says, of course, the drawbacks of the restrictions with no bags, no outside food, and overall limitations will be a bummer, but I will take live baseball in any format over not being able to go at all. I got to say right there, that is a baseball fan, Orioles fan. You know what? He he comes with a negative, but then he follows up and says, this is why I don't give a shit because I'm going to get to watch some baseball. He continues. He says, I think the constant jokes from people about how we cannot get 11,000 fans anyway are getting old. I think once there's an option to go to the games, and people have been unable to do anything for months, it's going to be it's going to become a hotter ticket than people think. As far as a team right now, I'm not sure if Felix's injury is that big of a hinder when Lopez, LeBlanc have looked as good. I think we're looking at Means, Aiken, Kramer, Lopez, Kramer, Lopez, LeBlanc, Harvey with Zimmerman as the swing. It's from Kevin. Always enjoy hearing from him. Uh, yeah, he's spot on with the pitching right there. I mean, that's basically what we're uh, working with. And, uh, you know, though he's had enough of the bullshit jokes with the 11,000 fans at Cannon Yards, I'm still seeing that. <laughs> a lot of uh, Red Sox, speaking of Red Sox and Yankee fans, a lot of them heckling on Twitter about, you know, what a joke. What a joke about they're allowing 11,000 fans. They can't even bring in five. But Kevin says he's getting tired of it. And I agree with when Kevin 
says that people are going to be running to the stadium once they can get the hell out of their house for sure. A lot of people dying to get out of the house and do something, especially when you get a chance to get out, get to Camden Yards and have a good time. Hell yeah. I have a feeling we're probably going to see 11,000 fans hanging out at Camden Yards. So again, always appreciate the email. And speaking of pitching, real quick, I just got to mention this. I've talked about David Hess past couple of years. I, I just, I'm not a fan of him. And I always just shook my head every time I would see him either come out in the game or hearing that, you know, he's on the roster. But you may or may not know he's on Tampa. <laughs> uh, where was it that I had that? Yeah, 14 earned runs in five innings pitched. I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to poke fun at anyone. I just have a lot of people over the years who said, give him a chance. He's not bad. He's doing well. You just blah, blah, blah. Whatever the excuse is, I've always said, no, I, I just don't see it. And then they go, watch what he'll do. Watch now. He's going to be a superstar. Goes to Tampa. Five innings pitched, 14 earned runs. Yeah, that's right. 14. Speaking of the uh, other ex-Oriole pitchers, Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gosman named opening day starters. How about that? How about it? Continuing with pitching, Matt Harvey signing with the Orioles. $1 million contract with a chance to earn performance bonuses. Um, Look, if he pitches as well as we hope, he'll be gone before we can say bologna sandwich. He'll be gone. He'll be out. I mean, come on. We we all know what Michael Eyes is doing here. 540 ERA, uh, 1.10 whip, 10 10 innings pitched, one walk, six strikeouts. Um, And last Saturday against the Yankees, Harvey allowed one run, on a home run, and no additional hits after four innings. And that outing right there, Orioles are like, sign him, get the pen, get the paper, let's get this motherfucker signed up. And again, it's Means, Kramer, Harvey, Lopez, Zimmerman, uh, Aiken down to the minors. Uh, Harvey's probably going to be the number two guy, I'm assuming, and then go on from there. Uh, Catchers, of course, a very fun topic because you get to talk about Adley when you talk about catching the Orioles, but right now, as you know, uh, Severino, Cisco, Cisco, big disappointment in my eyes. I don't know what the hell is happening with him because in the minors, you're like, man, you know, they weren't. No one was talking about Adley. Everybody was talking about this kid, Cisco. Bring him up. So far in spring, he's had three hits out of 25 at bats and nine strikeouts. No arm, still struggles to hit the fastball most of the time. And apparently, nobody ever taught him how to frame a pitch that drives me up the fucking wall. As much as I loved Weeders. Weeders never really seem to frame much pitches, but I don't know. Just heard a lot of people, as I said, that go, ooh, 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 ooh. That's, that, no, 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 no. We're not going to talk about Weeders. <laughs> We've got other problems. The last thing you should be doing there over there, big guy, is talking about Matt Weeders. I hear you. I got you. I'm on your side. I agree. Uh, Severino, look, when he's hot, he's burning hot in the batter's box. You know, he goes on those streaks, but but he needs to work on pass balls. In 2020, he was tied with Gary Sanchez for most pass balls with five. Uh, in 2019, he had 10, talking about Severino. Now, uh, you know, that's not a stat you want to see double digits on for pass balls. Gary Sanchez, fucking douchebag. That douchebag has led the majors in uh, passed balls three out of the last four years. <laughs> I saw that. Made me smile because he got that smug look on his face. Somebody needs to just take their big size 12 boot and boom, knock that smug face Smug look off his face. Anyway, got a little Gary Sanchez rage here. Uh, and speaking of catching, I'm sure Adley will be up before we know it sometime in May. Uh, Austin Hayes, this fucking kid is tearing it up this spring. Thursday, I got to see him throw an absolute missile 
from right field to get a runner at home. Baseball porn right there for you folks. Uh, so far, 44 at-bats. He has 11 RBIs, 18 hits, 3 home runs, 4 doubles, 1 triple. His OBP is 447, slugging is 750, and his OPS is 1197. Average OPS in majors is 750. The kid is having fun. And at first, I'm thinking, all right, little Mullins, Hayes, uh, back and forth. Who's going to get that position? Uh, Mullins is struggling a little. 267 OBP, which is below average, 742 OPS. You know, give him some time, though, I guess. He's batting left-handed full-time, still trying to get used to that. Still think it's a better option than him batting right. Oof. Talked about those numbers uh, last episode. Not the best numbers for right hand, so he's definitely making the right decision. Uh, Mullins this spring, 46 at-bats, four doubles, one triple, seven strikeouts, average at 261. But, look, I got to say, forget about Mullins' bat right now. Having both Mullins and Hayes in the outfield at the same time would be so damn good. That would be awesome. You know, those guys are so fast. They'll always be on those stat cast replays when you see an outfielder run down the <laughs> baseball. It shows how fast they're running, the percentage, uh, the, the chance that they had of catching it. You know, with these two guys, you're constantly going to see, oh, my God, it was a 9% chance to catch that. They ran 42 miles per hour. I mean, those guys are just quick. So hopefully, you know, that gets worked out. Uh, Mount Castle will probably get some reps in the outfield. He hit another bomb in center field on Thursday. Keep hitting that gym, man. Keep hitting the gym and working on that swing. Telling you that's our next 40, 50 home run guy. Uh, Of course, Santander will be out there, mostly right field. He's been out for a few games lately. Nothing serious from what we've heard. But opening day unclear, not exactly comforting. A lot of people feel Santander should be the guy that they're building around. But you continue to hear Mike Elias say, anybody's up for grabs. Uh, Freddie Galvis, most likely be a shortstop. He's probably not going to be uh, one of those players that we talk about five years from now, about how lucky the Orioles were picking up Galvis. Uh, you know, the guy will make some great plays at shortstop. He, I mean, look at him now. Go on YouTube. Look at the highlights. The guys, he's fun to watch in the outfield. You know, he's definitely going to be on a couple of highlight reels. After nine years of playing in the majors, his batting average, you know, he's 247. In 2019, though, uh, Toronto, pretty sure, he did hit 70 RBIs with 23 home runs. So he's got power with that bat. Third base, Franco Ruiz, nothing to write home about. You know, we all know about Ruiz. <laughs> I gave him a lot of props last year. I got to stop giving players props because every time I do, it's like the next week they just shit the bed because last year I gave – Props to Ruiz. I said, look, you know, the, the guy's looking good on third base. Then, of course, the next two games, he committed like 20 years. <laughs> I got just, everyone's like, dude, just calm down with your compliments. So I don't know. If you do an excellent job, I'm just, I'm not going to say anything. But if you fuck up, I'm going to be all over you. You know, I mean, Ruiz obviously will be backing up Franco on and off days, injuries, whatever. I mean, Franco, look, after seven years of playing, his average is 252, best year with home runs, 2018, 22 home runs. You know, he's got a little bit of a highlight reel, decent defense. Again, he'll be better than having Ruiz every day on third base. Then uh, Valakia, the utility guy. So we basically know what's happening here with the roster. And again, do you look at this roster and you're just like, Damn, I thought by now we'd be looking at a roster that might be playing 500 ball or would be fighting for that wild card spot. How do you guys feel seeing these are the guys that Elias is putting on the field? 
you know, I'm sure you hear a lot of people getting impatient right now, fans. It's like it's like COVID. Come on, you you told us three weeks to a month we'd be good, and then it, it seems like you're lying to us. Some people say, hey, come on, you, you guys, you know, couple years, <laughs> we should be good. I you know I wasn't one of them. I, I knew this was going to take a while. But how do you feel with the roster? April first, we're going to find out. Uh, Orioles announced all home games in April, May, and September, which were originally scheduled to begin at 6.35 p.m., which I liked. I liked the earlier games. I, you know, whether I'm trying to get over there after work or what, I, I don't mind. Miss an inning or two, I'm okay with that. I just like the earlier game. <laughs> You're not up till, I mean, shit, those West Coast games always makes me laugh. I'm always like, I, I can't do it. But, you know, who's the guy up at, at 1.45 in the morning? Watching the game, that means absolutely nothing. This guy. But those 635 games compared to 705, uh, by the way, I'm sorry, I didn't finish what I was saying. Uh, Originally scheduled to begin at 635 will now begin at 705, but that's a huge difference. So I I don't know why they changed it, but they did. I like the 635 games. Um, Also, I'm seeing trending a lot of people are uh, talking shit about Scott Garceau. I mean, maybe we were just spoiled with Gary Thorne. I love Gary Thorne. I'm going to miss him. A lot of people weren't fans of, of every time the other uh, team would hit a home run, he would go berserk. But I just think when you hear guys like Scott Garceau and whoever else, we just realize, man, we were really spoiled with Thorne. But I'm seeing a lot of people posting like, man, please, no more Scott Garceau. And the guy's been around forever. He's been doing it. It's not like he's, uh, I don't know, maybe he's rusty. But anyway, you know. so how do you feel? I'd like to hear from you. Anything. How do you feel about Scott Carso calling these games? Because it just seems like a lot of people are not thrilled about it. Anyway, I, I think he's doing all right. FullCountChaos at gmail.com. We have got the season coming up this week. Opening day. Always love hearing from you. Till next time, see you.